you can't just take advice from someone and just run with it because they told you it was a good thing to do. Unless you're just trying it on. If you're like, I don't know, let's try this, which is not the case for most people. They're like, I'm going to do this because they said it was going to work and it better freaking work or I'm going to be pissed about it. Like that doesn't work. Welcome, welcome to Binge On This, the podcast you can safely binge to lose weight. This is your host, Michelle Hasty Thompson, and I am so excited to have you here. So thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. All right. So today I want to talk about chronic symptoms and chronic symptoms being sort of a catch-all term that you can use for things like weight gain, but also things like chronic pain or chronic health symptoms. Obviously, the area that I focus on is weight and food, but the reason why I'm generalizing this topic today as chronic symptoms is because for me, my weight was the first chronic symptom that showed up. And then after that, let's say those symptoms went away, I started to have other chronic symptoms that showed up. And what's really interesting about that is when those chronic symptoms would show up, I treated them differently the way that I that I treated my weight, even though the way that I was able to release all of my weight worked. <laughs> and why didn't I think to apply that in the same respect here? I don't know. I don't have any excuses for that. But I just want to generalize the term because first of all, when we think about weight loss and when this industry talks about weight, They make it sound like it's something that you are directly causing to yourself. And that's a big problem because it makes it so that if you're not losing weight or worse, gaining weight, then it's because you're messing up, right? Like you're doing something massively wrong. And you might even be noticing like your patterns or your habits are not conducive to your success. Like maybe you're eating too much food or you're eating a lot of junk food or you're not moving and you're like, well, yeah duh, of course I'm to blame. Like I'm the one doing or not doing the stuff. So like who else could it be? And and then it's like, well, of course I'm not losing weight or of course I'm gaining weight because I can't seem to get my SHIT together. Um, And it's a very dysfunctional way to approach it. So I want to attempt to, first of all, I want to position your weight as a chronic symptom. Um, It's different than an acute symptom. An acute symptom would be like you get a cold or a flu um, in which you then alter your behaviors or you do something different to deal with the symptoms and then the symptoms go away. So when I have a cold or a flu, I do a lot of resting, a lot of binge watching of Netflix, um, a lot of tea and honey, chicken noodle soup, like whatever. Those are the things I do. It's never intended that like that cold didn't come because I need to learn how to eat more chicken noodle soup, right? Like, I mean, I don't think so, at least. It's an acute symptom. It's not really here to teach anything, but a lot of times I find that I get those acute symptoms when something is majorly out of balance as a way to uh, bring me back into balance. But that's a whole nother topic because today we're talking about chronic symptoms, which means recurring, repetitive, um, things that you are attempting to change, like you're doing behavior change, you're changing habits, you're changing patterns, and it's recurring, it keeps coming back. And even those things that you're doing to try to deal with the symptoms don't really ever seem to work because even if you did lose the weight, for example, you might still have a lot of the surrounding symptoms of that weight. So here's what I want to 
first bring into your attention. Let's just say that chronic symptoms are here to well, I'm going to, I'm going to list a few things. So they're either here or this could be either and, um, teach you something. So maybe your chronic symptoms are here because, um, there's something going on in your life that you're not paying attention to. And this symptom is something that's going to cause you to make some kind of change. And that change is really productive and healthy for you. Maybe they're here to expose unmet needs. I see that one all the time. And so the symptoms are here to attempt to get you to notice these unmet needs and do something about it. So we see this all the time in the weight loss industry because um, people are either eating foods that don't resonate with their body or not exercising in ways that feels good to their body or and there's a lot of these messages about a lot of these messages about how much you're eating and what you're doing for exercise and what kind of foods you're eating and how many of each, each macronutrient, et cetera, et cetera. And and if they're not totally off the mark, right? It's very, it could be very true that your diet isn't ideal for you and that you're not meeting all of your body's needs. And But we're going to talk about why it doesn't really matter if it's true or not, because it's the way in which we approach it that matters. And unfortunately, the way in which we're taught to approach it is completely dysfunctional and will only make the symptom even more chronic. Um, so it could be from unmet needs. It's a lot of times it's to show those imbalances and those extremes. So it's like, oh, this symptom is here because I'm way too stressed out or I'm not taking care of myself at all or I'm eating so much food and it's not feeling good or I'm exercising in such an unhealthy way that it's like causing injuries or pain or I'm not listening to my body. Like there's so many reasons, but it's showing this imbalance and it's asking us to put things into balance. And this if it's this one, it's very possible that the response to the chronic symptoms could be something temporary. Like, for example, um, if you're exhausted, then you might temporarily need to rest a lot. And it's not that your body is trying to teach you, like, you need to always, you know, sleep 16 hours a day. Like, it, that's maybe not the overall message, but it's saying for the next week, I need you to freaking get some sleep. So sometimes when we have major imbalances, uh, it's like our body's really asking us to make a temporary adjustment that's a bit more extreme to balance out the other extreme. Whereas with unmet needs, it's saying overall, like this is a this is a problem that you need to fix forever. Like you you can't go on this way. You can't keep ignoring this or you can't keep making these decisions. Like this is an unmet need that needs to be met all the time. So that's the difference between those two. A lot of times chronic symptoms are here to get you to pay attention, especially with something like weight that's physical. So you, you see it every single day. There's no way that you can just go on in your life and not notice it, especially when it gets to a certain amount or discomfort level. And it's really there to show you I'm uncomfortable and um, I would like a change. Now, unfortunately, what we're taught when we're feeling that level of discomfort is to really hate it and to demonize it and to attack it and to punish it and to go to war with it. And all of that is not what I recommend. But the basis of this is here to get you to notice is really, really helpful. If we can notice it with love and compassion as opposed to, um, you know, being really mean to it. Now, what are chronic symptoms not? They are not trying to teach you to control and manipulate more. Like we are not getting chronic symptoms because the message is, hey, you're not, 
in control enough. Like you're not manipulating enough. Like that is certainly not what it's here to teach us. Never is the answer more control, more manipulation. They're not here to punish you. Like your chronic symptoms, your excess weight, your dysfunctional relationship with food is not here to punish you. It is not here to make your life miserable, to make life hard. It's really here for these like very specific reasons to you, your body, your life, to help you have the life that you really want. But unfortunately, we're taught to um, see them as threats and as something that we need to make go away. And that's the next thing they are not. They are not being asked to be forced away. They're not being asked to be muted or suppressed. Like they're not here and they're like, hey, I'm going to be really loud. I'm going to have all this uncomfortable weight and this um, binge eating and this chronic knee pain or whatever it is. And I would love for you to just stuff me in a corner and shut me up. Like that's what I'm here for. I don't really have any purpose. I just want to be annoying. And I just want you to throw tape over my mouth and be very annoyed at my presence. Like that's not what it's here for. And so we want to sort of trade away that idea. And they're not here to alter behavior and action temporarily, except for the one example that I gave you in which something is so out of balance that the body is asking for a temporary like balancing act, which could be a a larger version of that thing. But I will say that whatever that thing is that our body's asking for more balance of is something we do need more or less of overall, just maybe not in that large of an amount as right away. So for example, when my clients first start working with me, they need pleasure with food. Now they need pleasure with food always and forever and for the, and that will never change. But for the first like 30 days, it's like overboard on pleasure eating. Like, I mean, you could eat that way forever. That's totally fine. But like for me, like eventually I got to a point where I was like, all right, like I'm gonna like watch some TV and eat. And like, if this meal isn't like the most pleasurable thing in the world, it's fine because I'm not out of balance there anymore. But like at first, all of every single client I work with, we have to go overboard on the pleasure eating to re- to regain some balance to where it was not nourishing and not pleasurable and not enjoyable. And so the message is still you need to have more pleasure with food. That's what the body's asking for. But at first, it's asking for a lot more of it. So in general, though, the body is not asking and not giving you chronic symptoms so that you will make these massive behavior changes temporarily that you have zero intention of maintaining or nor do you like it or want to maintain it, but you're only doing it to elicit a result. That will never work. And it makes the body really pissed off because it's like, oh, okay, like this is this is what she thinks or he thinks we want, huh? Like, that's interesting. Um, This is worse than what we were experiencing before. Like, she couldn't be any more wrong. (laughs) Like, how did we have such a miscommunication going on here? Like, I thought I was pretty clear that I don't want to be controlled or manipulated or forced any more than I already have been. So why is that the response? Um, And so even if you did something like Um, eat healthier. Like, let's just say that was the behavior you're attempting to change, which is a behavior I would imagine you would intend to change for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, I intend to eat healthy food most of the time for the rest of my life. So this is a positive change, which is what most of the weight loss industry tells you to do. The problem is if you're only doing it to elicit a result, which means that every week or day or whatever, you're checking to see if it's working, then you're not doing it because it's a behavior change. You're doing it to create a result of weight loss, and that's the problem. No, the body's not fooled. Well, it is for a little while, but eventually it's like, wait a second. 
she's not actually wanting to be a healthier eater. I mean, she might want that, but she's really doing it because she has this major goal of losing weight. And that means that if we don't lose weight, she's not going to do it anymore. Or she's going to be really pissed about it. Or she's going to blame that. And that is certainly not what we're trying to achieve here. Like we're trying to achieve like overall balance and, and having our needs met and having more love and compassion. And, and, and this is not the path. Like this is not working. She keeps checking in to see if it's working. Like it shouldn't matter if it's working, if it's what we really want. Right? So in this example of weight gain, what this looks like is like I said, it could be eat healthier or let's just use the example of um, increasing exercise. So let's say somebody wakes up one day and she's like, all right, I got to lose weight. Um, and I know that I feel good when I exercise and it makes no sense for me not to exercise because when I don't, I feel worse. And when I do, I feel great. So like there's literally no logical reason not to increase my exercise. It will help me lose weight. It makes me feel good. It makes my health better. Like this is a win, 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 right? Wrong because you're doing it to lose weight which means that like psychology like the psychology of it and energetically most importantly it's coming from this place of I'm only doing this to get a result and yeah I'd be great if I got healthier and yeah it'd be great if I had these other benefits but at the end of the day I'm going to keep checking in to see if it's working and if it's not working then I'm going to be really freaking pissed and that goes against everything that was the initial desire to do it because the initial desire probably was real. It's probably like, man, I really feel better when I move and I would like to move more. And that's a real desire that you have. But as soon as you tie it to, and so that's what I'm going to do to lose weight and don't go lying to yourself. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, well, I mean, yeah, I would love to lose weight, but that's not why I'm doing it. Yes, it is. And here's how you know, if you keep checking in to see if you're losing weight, guess what? You're doing it for weight loss. <laughs> so that means that you're not truly doing it because of desire. You're not truly doing it because it's what you feel is best for you. Although those things might be present at the same time, but there's also this presence of this better work or I'll be really pissed about it. And that is the energy that won't work. Um, I give another example of another chronic symptom, something like acid reflux. So if you're struggling with acid reflux, it's probably what's going to happen is you're going to start researching what to do. And so maybe you go and buy some kind of supplement, or maybe you alter your diet, or you cut things out, or you hire an expert. And all of those things if they were just standalone things are great, right? It's very good chance that you would stumble across something that's really helpful. But if you're, if the acid reflux is there because you're eating the wrong foods, let's say, and so then you alter the way you eat to attempt to get rid of the acid reflux, if that's the whole reason you're doing it is just to suppress the symptom. Like, I don't really wanna eat this way, but I'm going to because I'm gonna try to suppress these symptoms then it's probably not gonna work long-term because you're not really making the change because you think this is what's good for me and this is what feels good and this is what I wanna do for the rest of my life. Like, thank you, Acid Reflux, for pointing this out because I hadn't noticed it and now I do. And I think it's really wise that I do make this change and I think it's gonna better my life and I'm totally 100% aligned and congruent with it and I'm good to go. No, that's probably not the place we're coming from. It's probably like, well, I don't really wanna do this, but I've got this stupid symptom that won't go away and it's really freaking annoying. And so I will do anything to make it go away, even things I don't want to do. And if it doesn't work, I'll be really pissed and I'm going to stop doing it immediately because what's the point? And it's this very dysfunctional, toxic thing. Now, you can see the action could be identical from one person to the next, but the energy behind the why is what matters. 
in this case, no action is better than toxic action. And this is where people get really stuck because they'll say things to me like, well, you know, I can't just do nothing, right? Like I want to lose weight and I can't just like do nothing and expect to get results. And that doesn't feel good either. And I understand that. But taking action out of that very um, toxic and dysfunctional and disordered place is worse than doing nothing. Because hopefully if you do nothing, you could at least do some like soul searching and like get into your body and be like, what is going on here? But if you're constantly just taking action after taking action after taking action, if you're constantly trying to fix yourself, if you're constantly researching and looking for answers, it's like there's no time to even take a second and be like, well, what the heck is this about? Like, what is my body really trying to tell me? And what could be the gift in this chronic symptom? And like all the questions I sort of posed at the beginning, like there's no time to even attempt to do all that because you're either in action mode or you're pissed that the action mode didn't work. And then you're in like binge mode, right? It's like one extreme to the other. And there's never that, that sort of grace period where you're like, let me just take a beat here and be like, what is going on, <laughs> right? That desire to constantly fix yourself, to constantly be working on yourself so that you can say, I'm doing something. And that feels good. It feels good to say to someone, I'm doing something. I'm trying to lose weight. It feels good to go to expert after expert after expert and tell your story and say, I've tried this and this and this and nothing works. Look how, look how many things I'm trying. Look how dedicated and committed I am. It feels really good to do all that. It would feel awful to like sit in front of an expert or someone or just a friend or a stranger and be like, I really want to lose weight and I haven't tried anything and I just twiddle my thumbs and stare at the wall and I don't understand why it won't come off. <laughs> like that would be very uncomfortable to say to somebody, right? So we would rather take action, even if it is toxic action, even if we don't want to do it, even if we know it's temporary, even if we know it's coming from a dysfunctional place. I will also say that no action is better than temporary action. I feel like that's the worst thing we could possibly do because all we're doing is suppressing symptoms and that just makes them louder and more persistent over the long term. It makes them angry and it's like, it's like trying to throw tape over your tantruming child's mouth. Um, it's only going to make them want to scream louder. I remember when we were uh, just when my son was a baby and he just was a horrible sleeper and <laughs> he was crying for, you know, the millionth time. And my husband and I were very tired and, you know, he's crying. And my husband yells from our bedroom to his bedroom, like, shut up. And I'm like, and then, of course, it's like the crying increases volume by like tenfold. Like it's made it so much worse. But it's like, I can't blame my husband. He's, he's reached his peak of frustration. And I don't blame you for wanting to suppress your symptoms. I don't blame you for wanting to throw tape over the tantruming mouth. I get it. It sucks. And the louder it gets, the more uncomfortable it gets, the more you want to shut it up. <laughs> I fully understand the feeling. I have no judgment against it. I've done it a million times over. And you are just human if you're doing that just acknowledge that that's what's happening like even if you're doing it even if you're like I am just suppressing symptoms because I can't handle it anymore I can't handle the discomfort I know this is not a solution like I just have to suppress these symptoms before I lose my freaking mind like you know you're human it's okay however 
If you're using that as your, you know, approach for your success, for your long-term success, it's never going to work. And I would, if if that means you, would, you, you want an excuse to not do it, I just gave it to you. So you don't ever have to do anything that you would treat as temporary ever again because it makes it worse. Now, if you're doing it because it's just keeping you sane, I understand. But no action is better than temporary action. It is harmful to alter behaviors that elicit a result that you don't intend to maintain. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. It is harmful to alter your behaviors to elicit a result that you don't intend to maintain. And when I say intend to maintain, I mean, this can't be like, well, I mean, I would love to maintain this. Like, I wish that I could just not ever want sugar again, or I wish I could just exercise six hours a day for the rest of my life. That is what I want. No, we're not bullshitting ourselves here, okay? Like that little voice in the back of your head that's like, I really don't freaking like this and I don't want to do this. That is valid. You need to acknowledge it because the approach to your success to exiting out of the world of chronic symptoms to the recurring issues that show up over and over and over again are not going to come from temporarily altering a result and hoping and praying that you just become okay with it. It doesn't work that way. Uh, it never works that way. You're not going to all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, yeah, you know what? I am okay not living my life the way that I want. Like, that's fine. I can just, I, I can go the rest of my life just counting all of my calories. It's fine. It's worth it. What That is a small price to pay to have my ideal body. No, it's bullshit. You're lying to yourself. Nobody's buying it. I'm not buying it. Your body's not buying it. And you aren't buying it. So don't lie to yourself. It's okay to state what you actually want. And I promise you that whatever it is that you really, really want and need is the answer. So some things to consider when we're looking at what action to take when we're dealing with chronic symptoms. There are things that you're going to do that feel good in the moment, and there are things that you're going to do that feel good over repeated use. Now, because we tend to be like an instant gratification type of society, and we like things to be like in the moment, we tend to chase those things that feel good in the moment. And those are great. Like when I do yoga, meditation, myofascial release, those things feel good in the moment. But you know what also feels good in the moment? Binge eating, uh, lots of copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> like there's a lot of things that feel good in the moment um, that aren't necessarily helpful. Um, by the way, no judgment, done all of those. Uh, do all of those, I should say. So it's it's okay. However, we want to consider both of these things. Like, what am I doing that feels good in the moment? And if you're doing those things that feel good in the moment, are you okay with those moments being moments for the rest of your life? Meaning, if you're going to drink copious amounts of alcohol, <laughs> are you okay with that being your pattern, that you drink copious amounts of alcohol to feel better? Um, and if you are, then no, nothing to change there. But if you're aware that the feel good in the moment isn't worth the long term, then that's something to consider trading for something else. Like what else feels good in the moment? Um, and then in, in terms of what feels good over repeated use, now these are the more subtle things that we have to get really used to putting in our lives, even though we don't necessarily have something obvious in the moment that says, good job, we're on the right track. This is what we need to do. So the things that feel good over repeated use um, are things like exercise a lot of the times because usually with exercise, you don't like immediately see a result. Um, and there's going to be 
this category of what feels good over repeated use can have absolutely nothing to do with your body. I'll give you an example. I feel better when I don't use my phone in the evenings and in the mornings. Now, in the moment, it feels really good to be on Facebook, to be doing the things on my phone, to be answering emails and messages, because then I know that nothing is waiting for me the next day, and I just hate having unfinished things. It's just like one of the things of my personality, I guess. Like, I love to be, like, before I even move out of my office, like, let's just say it's time to eat lunch. Like, before I'll even walk out of my office, I will, like, check every single, I'll check my email, I'll check my Facebook messages, like, anything where anybody could possibly need me. Like, before I can transition into lunch, I have to, like, just make sure there's nothing else I absolutely have to do. And that part of my personality can be really dangerous when it comes to using my cell phone in the evenings and in the early mornings when I know that doesn't feel good over repeated use. And so I have to tell myself that even though in this moment I want to reach for my phone, it doesn't feel good over repeated use and therefore it doesn't make sense to do it in the moment. Um, and that's just kind of like a mantra that I use with myself and it helps me make decisions that better support what I want, but it, it is true. I'm not just saying, I'm not like, oh, I'm not going to use my phone in the evenings because somebody told me it's bad for me. Or I'm not going to not use my phone in the morning because somebody told me it would elicit stress responses. I'm not doing it so that I lose weight or so that I really, so that anything, there's any result. I'm not doing it to achieve anything. I'm doing it because I know that that's what makes me feel best over the long term. And that's a huge differentiator between doing it because somebody told you to or because you think it's going to help you get to some kind of goal. So that was that's one thing I want to point out. And then if you don't know what to do, if you're like, well, I need to take some kind of action, but you just like literally cleared off every kind of action I would ever take. Now, what the heck do I do? It's really simple. It's whatever you crave or desire. And sometimes what you crave or desire is going to be very confusing, especially in the beginning when once again, you may need to be doing some things to to regain some balance. And so if you were in extreme, like let's just say you were like the opposite of me, maybe you were like super strict about never using your cell phone in the evening, then what that might look like for you is using your cell phone in the evening for a little bit so that you can get to a point where you're like either this is fine, like there's really no negative consequence or like this isn't what I want. And I needed to be reminded that this is not what I want. But you can't just predetermine like, well, somebody said it was bad or I know it's bad, therefore I'm not going to do it. and I'm just going to hold myself accountable to not doing it, that's never going to work. You have to actually experience it and choose not to do it if that's really what you want. So there's going to be things you crave and desire, and that's literally going to shape your plan to exit chronic symptoms. But once again, don't do it to suppress symptoms. Don't do it to progress. Don't do it to achieve goals. Do it because you're taking the lessons from the chronic symptoms and you're changing your life to better reflect the life that you want to live. So whatever needs to change, whatever you're craving or desiring, that means that's what you need in your life forever, right? <laughs> At some level, and the levels are going to vary. And of course they can change, but in this moment, you're gonna get cravings and desires for what it is that you really want. And this is why after you diet, you crave a bunch of junk food or unhealthy food, quote unquote. It's because your body's craving pleasurable foods and that's what you've identified as pleasurable. And maybe they are pleasurable, maybe they're not. You won't know until you start actually trying to eat them mindfully, but that's why that happens. You're not crazy, you're not out of control, you're human. 
you went through a period of restriction and you went through a period of high levels of control and and you didn't allow yourself to have things. There was high levels of deprivation. And so your body's like, forget that. Like, I want pleasure upon pleasure upon pleasure with food. And then because we judge it and because we think it's out of control and wrong, we don't actually just allow it to happen and then naturally burn out. I mean, that's a huge problem. Acting on advice to create a result is harmful. Forcing behavior changes is harmful. Like these are harmful to your chronic symptoms and your long-term results. You can't just take advice from someone and just run with it because they told you it was a good thing to do. Unless you're just trying it on. If you're like, I don't know, let's try this, which is not the case for most people. They're like, I'm going to do this because they said it was going to work and it better freaking work or I'm going to be pissed about it. Like that doesn't work. It has to be from a place of I, I am taking this advice as a, an, a lifelong change that I actually want when I look at my life, regardless if my chronic symptom changes or not. I'm not doing it to elicit a response. I'm doing it because I'm very clear that it's what I need for the rest of my life. That's the difference. So when you force behavior changes, you're not coming from a place of choice. You're not coming from a place of cravings or desire. You're coming from a place of you're going to do this whether you like it or not because the symptom is too extreme and I refuse to have it anymore. And so guess what? You're doing it. And that obviously is not a good place to come from energetically. Another thing to sort of piggyback on that is checking on your progress as a result of making changes is harmful. So when you keep checking in to see if it's working, then you already know you've made the decision from the wrong energetic place because you're only doing it to get a result. And if you're only doing it to get a result, it's never going to work long term. You have to decide that it is just what you want. When you start making these, when you start using symptoms, chronic symptoms, uncomfortable symptoms as ways for you to learn about how you can best live your life and you just allow yourself to do those changes to best live your life and you let go of trying to alter the symptom is when you will see amazing results. Like you will be like, holy crap, not only is it working, but it's like working effortlessly. Like I'm not even trying. I'm literally just living my life the way I want and it's just happening. Like how is this possible? Because I used to try so freaking hard and get nowhere. And now it's like, I feel like I'm not even trying and it's just happening. That's what happens when you come from the right place energetically. But if you're just increasing your exercise because you want to lose weight versus increasing exercise because you just want to, which once again, the action is identical. The energetic or the why is couldn't be more opposite. That's the problem. If you're just eating healthy because you're like, I don't know, it just like feels like a good idea. Um, it just seems like the right time of my life to do this. It's something I've always wanted to do. And I just really feel like it's what needs to happen for the, my life to be fulfilling versus I need to eat healthy to lose weight. And by the way, like I said, don't lie to yourself. Don't tell me it's because you want to be healthier when you still have the ulcer, the the goal at the back where you're like, well, actually, also, I want to lose weight. If that is there, then you are going to keep checking in to see if it's working. And if you keep checking in to see if it's working, then you're already in the wrong place energetically. Remember, it looks the same. It feels completely different. So don't lie to yourself about what's happening. Be honest. And then a good exercise that you could do is take a piece of paper and then just draw a line down the middle and in one column, write all the things you want to do. And then in the next column, write all the things that you want to want to do. <laughs> this is very different. So you might want 
to, um, let's see, you might want to do more yoga or you might want to want to do more yoga, but what you, what you really want is to binge watch Netflix, <laughs> right? And there's nothing wrong with that because here's the thing. When you allow yourself to be honest about what you want to want, eventually the things become wants or they go away and either way you're fine. But you need to be honest with yourself right now. Like you don't really want to do some a lot of these things. I would say like 90% of what people do to lose weight, they don't want to do, but they want to want to do it. They want to not want chocolate. They want to want to exercise six hours a day. They want to want to run in the morning instead of sleep more. There's all these wants to wants. (laughs) It's not what they really want. Um, And you know what you want to do when you ask yourself, what would I be doing if I was not trying to lose weight at all? And there you go. Now you have your list. So that's going to be really important. Now, the first step in kind of, I'd say detoxing out of the typical chronic symptom world into what I'm suggesting is recognizing symptoms honestly and acknowledging that they're there and also acknowledging that maybe they don't have to be there, right? So if you're in a space of like, uh, and and this is kind of where the health at every size movement gets a little confusing. Um, By the way, I'm a big fan of the health at every size movement. However, where where people are, why people hate it, the people that hate it, they hate it because the health at every size movement says, you have excess weight and that's fine and you can still be healthy. All of that's fantastic. But they also say, like, you can't lose weight. Like, that is just your destiny, so be okay with it. Like, accept the fact that you have the excess weight. It's always going to be there and there's nothing you can do about it. So stop trying. And so much of that is so empowering because it's like, okay, I don't have, like, I don't have to, it's off my plate. Like, I don't have to try. But the challenge is, not everybody is that true for. Like there are a lot of people who the only reason they're trying to lose weight is because society tells them they should and because society tells them they're unhealthy at at a higher weight and because they feel like they would be more accepted, more loved, and they would live a better life if they were thinner, but they don't actually have the desire to be thinner. It's like not really theirs. And for those people, the health at every size movement is perfect because it's giving them all the permission they need to just love their bodies as they are without needing to change them and be incredibly healthy and say like F you to everyone that doesn't agree. And I love that for it. But most of the people that come to me aren't in that space. They're in a space that I was in, which is I recognize that this excess weight is here and I can I can get to a place where I, I am not fighting with it. I'm not pissed about it, but I'm very clear that it's not my that's not intended to be here with me. Like my feeling when I was overweight, because especially because I had all these dysfunctional things happening around the weight, like binge eating and overexercising and exercise bulimia and obsessing over my body, like all that stuff made it very clear that like, this is not just a matter of me not accepting my body. There's way more here. Like, I don't think this body is the body that I'm supposed to have. Like, it doesn't feel like mine. It doesn't feel like I'm just not accepting what is. It feels like it's not the path for me. And so if that's you, well, either one, whichever one you are, it's just really important to acknowledge that if that's how you feel, then that is true, right? So if you feel like, man, I honestly, like if there was no one else on the planet and there was no standard over what's healthy and unhealthy, like I would be really happy in this body. Like that's where I'm at. Great. 
then that's where you are. And that is true. And on the flip side, if you have that recurring thought of like, I don't think this weight is supposed to be here, like this doesn't feel like me, then that's true too, right? So either one, and that's just my personal belief. But recognizing that the symptom is not the problem. The symptom is merely just trying to get, like we talked earlier, trying to get your attention, trying to make some kind of changes in your life, but not to suppress it to make changes in your life, right? Because something in your life is out of balance or you have unmet needs or for whatever. And the symptom is just there like a, hey, hey, look at me. Hey, pay attention. And that's it. But instead we like come after it, like with a vengeance, right? By the way, I'm saying this because I'm so guilty of it. So no judgment once again. But we're like, you freaking symptom, get out of here. And we're like yelling at the, the, the symptoms like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just trying to tell you like rest a little more and like enjoy food and like, you know, be less stressed. Like, I don't know why you're attacking me. Like I'm here, like I come in peace. Um, and then we just sort of fight with it. So that's the first step is just recognizing the symptoms honestly and acknowledging that, you know, there's a reason they're there and that they, maybe there's maybe it is true that they're not supposed to be there. Or maybe it's true that that isn't really a problem, wherever you stand. The second thing is recognize the imbalances and the unmet needs. Like get clear about it. You all know, by the way, this is not something anybody could answer for you. I mean, I ask my clients a lot of questions to try to help them come to these conclusions. But at the end of the day, you know where you're imbalanced and you know where your needs are not being met. Now, you might not know what to do about that, <laughs> but you, uh, that's not, that's not step two. <laughs> step two is just acknowledging them like, whoa, this is an unmet need. Like for me, it was like super clear. So there was this time in my life when I was so, actually it happened twice. I was so stressed out. I was spread so thin that I broke out into hives and I was so confused by it. I was like, I, I was, I thought it was bu like bug bites or something. Like I got attacked by a bunch of spiders or bed bugs or something, but my husband had zero and we sleep in the same bed. So I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what could this possibly be? Oh, it was hives. It was stress freaking hives. And it was because my life was so out of balance. Like, and I'm not just talking about like working too much, which is like an obvious thing. I just meant the way my brain was working was out of balance. Like the constant obsessing over everything, the way that I approached business, the way that I approached money, the way that I approached life, like the way that I thought about things was so out of balance that I was like on a trajectory of always failing because it was impossible to keep up, right? So the third step is brainstorming things that feel good, that will feel good long term. That's really the important thing here is like, what will feel good long term? What are the things that I know? Like, I don't care what happens with these chronic symptoms. These things, if I do them, will make me feel good. I'm not doing them to change or suppress symptoms. I'm doing them because I actually want to and it makes me feel good. So do you want to do it forever? Even if the results don't change. And this is a great check in for yourself because ask yourself, Okay, let's just say it's meditation. Let's say I want to meditate every day. I know it'll make me feel better. And that's a, that's a, a, a pattern or, or a habit I want to have for the rest of my life. Let's say that's the thing. Well, think about if nothing changed. Like you didn't lose weight. You didn't feel more calm. You didn't have more mindful behaviors. You didn't act, stop yelling at your kids. Like whatever the things are that you've attached to the pattern, let's say none of those happened would you still do it? 
And if the answer is no, then you got to soul search a little more <laughs> because that's not the thing. Like it has to be the things that you're like, I am just clear that this is what I need to do for the rest of my life, no matter what happens. Some, so some of those things for me have been just the like, just the amount of hours I work in a row. Like, I don't care if zero symptoms change. I am clear that if I sit at my desk and work for more than a few hours at a time, it is bad. Bad things happen. <laughs> like, I, I, like I said, it could be symptoms, but it's mostly just the way that I feel. I start to feel the like my heart beat faster just from working too many hours in a row. I feel that like anxious state of like all of a sudden I go into like crazy mode. Like I became like it's like tunnel vision and I can't I don't I don't go pee. I don't eat. I don't drink water. It's like all it's and it doesn't take that long. And I'm very clear that it happens. So it's like I don't care if my symptoms ever go away. That that is does not feel good to me no matter what. Step four is to eliminate anything you're doing to get progress. So if you're doing things right now just to get progress, get rid of them. It doesn't mean they won't come back. I'll probably most of them will come back in some level, usually a much more balanced level. But if you're doing things and then you're checking in to see if it's working, that's not going to work. Um, and, and this kind of makes me think about, um, I had a friend who really was struggling to get pregnant. And she and when they went to the doctor, the doctor, and this is infuriating, right? Like there's nothing wrong. Like everything's fine. There's nothing for you or your husband that shows that you shouldn't have a child. Like everything is firing exactly the way that it should. Now, when you have chronic symptoms and you want them to, to go away, there's nothing more infuriating than somebody telling you like there's nothing wrong here. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I can't, I can't fix it. I can't problem solve. I can't research. Like if you told me there's a problem, I can go find a solution. But you're telling me there's nothing wrong. There's no explanation. Like that is the most infuriating thing. And this is kind of what reminds me, this is what this step reminds me of because then what happens is we start just doing anything and everything, right? Like, okay, well, we didn't get a succinct answer. Like it's from this. So when we just start throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? Well, let me go to this acupuncturist and this herbalist and this homeopath and this whatever. And and that's doesn't seem like a bad thing, right? Except for the energy behind it is so off that it would be better to eliminate everything and do nothing and just actually be in a space of like reflection and like this is like really interesting I wonder why this is happening like I'm just gonna sit here and check in with my body and not do anything or fix anything or research anything I'm just gonna be with it um and then see what happens and then what I noticed with my friend was because she told me like after they we're trying for years. She's like, yeah, we've gone back to using protection. And I said, that's that's weird. Like, I would think if you're trying to get pregnant, wouldn't you just always not use protection? Because if you get pregnant, great. And if you don't, whatever, like you're still having sex and that's still fun. And she said, no, because if I don't use protection, I will check to see if I'm pregnant. And I can't deal with that feeling. And I was like, that's such a good point. So anytime you're doing something to get progress, that energy is there. Even if she said to herself, we are not trying to get pregnant, we're just having unprotected sex, she still couldn't help but like check her ovulation and like check to take a pregnancy test. And you know, like she couldn't help it. She wanted it. it you couldn't make the wanting go away. You can't make the wanting go away. So when you're doing things just to elicit a response, you can't help but be in that very disordered sort of toxic energy. 
And that's why when people adopt, they accidentally get pregnant because all of that pressure is removed. Like they truly aren't checking anymore, right? Because they've they've pretty much given up. They haven't given up having sex, obviously, but they've given up on hoping and but not in a defeated way because they've moved into adoption and they're happy and they're like, this is I have my baby or my child and I feel good about that. Um, and I feel so fulfilled that I'm becoming a mom or a father. And that's really all I wanted. And they stop trying to get pregnant. And even though they're having unprotected sex, they're not like in that obsessive place where they're checking every month to see. And then boom, they get pregnant. Right. And my friend did get pregnant, by the way. Um, so if you don't know what to do, then just breathe and connect. The answers will come and you'll be back in action mode soon enough. So if you feel like I can't just do nothing, then do nothing. <laughs> that is exactly what you need to do. You will be like something will spark. You know, you'll be like, wow, I really am noticing that I'm needing more of this or I'm noticing this is out of balance. And if you truly take action from a place of desire to have the fulfilling life that you deserve without changing or suppressing the symptoms you will find massive, massive success, which I know goes against everything I just said, because I said, don't do it for that reason. But I can't help but tell you, right? Come on now. That's what happens. That's what always happens. We always get what we're not trying, right? It's why we say what resists persists. And when you truly come to a place of acceptance and, and understanding and love and compassion and not needing something to happen desperately is when it happens. We see it with relationships all the time. The person who's out there trying so hard to find the love of their life, it, it reeks of desperation. The marketer who's out there like begging people to buy their stuff, the people don't buy the stuff no matter how good it is. The people don't date the desperate person no matter how lovely they might be because the energy is off. And that is the same thing here. And it, I find it's almost impossible to come from the right energy until we truly let go of trying to fix all of our symptoms. And we just allow and say, I trust that these symptoms will not be here forever, but that there's nothing that I can do to manip manipulate them or make them go away. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is be in my body, connect and reflect and trust that in time, they will go away because I'm moving in the direction of the life that I want to live. And I really don't have any other tangible evidence to give you other than this is a lesson in trust and faith. And I can tell you that from personal experience and from working with clients for so many years that the ones that are really truly unattached to this process that I teach actually changing their results are the ones that get the best results. The ones that aren't checking in every week to see if it's working are getting the best results. And this goes for every single chronic symptom you have. And so the goal that I have for delivering all of this to you is that you let go of trying to fix. If you can let go of trying to fix and put your attention towards simply just creating the life that you've always wanted. I'm not talking about the symptoms. The symptoms are annoying. I know they're frustrating. It's infuriating. They're there and they're just gonna have to be there until they decide to not be there. <laughs> and there's not much you can do about that process. We don't control it. So it's like you only control what feels good from true, aligned, and authentic action. Another example I'll give you is many years ago, I was really struggling with my digestion. And I, was, I thought I was lactose intolerant because it was really bad with dairy. And I just kind of came to, to terms, like not truly, like I was still like mad about it, but I was like, I guess 
the problem is that I just can't eat dairy. So like I'm going to start researching like non-dairy solutions. Like what else can I do, right? Like this is, I feel very clear that my body is telling me like it, it was pissed. Like it was like gassy and bloaty and like it was the worst thing. And the reason why I was like, this is not going to work is because I was moving in with my now husband, but then boyfriend. So I'm like, man, like I can't just like, I mean, just like be gassy all the time. Like if it means that, that like dairy isn't the answer, then like I'll start looking into not eating dairy. And bef- and it wasn't coming from a place of like, I'm just going to suppress the symptom. It was like, I must be lactose intolerant. Like this is not like a, um, a fixing thing. This is like my, this is something I have to do for the rest of my life because it's just not where my life is going. Like, I don't, I'm trying really hard to, to distinguish the difference in the energy I was coming from. And I don't know if I'm communicating that very clearly. Like, I wasn't like, I'm going to stop eating dairy so my symptoms go away. I was like, oh, these symptoms are telling me that dairy is not something that belongs in my life. And I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, I'm, I am okay and I'm not okay, but like, it's, it is what it is. And I'm not going to do it just to get the symptom to go away. I'm going to do it because I think that's why it's here. Because it's trying to teach me to eat differently. And I'm okay with that. And so I started on this path of like looking at non-dairy solutions and things like that. And then like a week later, I was getting a massage. And my massage therapist was like, I was telling her like, oh man, yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. I never used to be. I just like woke up one day and was. And she was like, no way. It's so weird that you're saying this because my massage teacher... Um, just literally talk to us about how all these people who think they're lactose intolerant actually aren't. And it's from something else. Like, do you want me to connect you with him? And I was like, sure, like it's worth a shot, right? And when I connected with him, it turned out that when we did all of the assessments and everything that I wasn't lactose intolerant, that I didn't have enough stomach acid. And he put me on this HCL protocol. And the reason why it happened is because I started eating Tums. And the reason why I started eating Tums is because my professor told us that you should eat Tums every day because of like calcium or something. And I was like 22. So, I mean, I was just young and dumb. I just did what he said. But what happened was the Tums ate up all my stomach acid and then I couldn't digest food. And so he was like, you just got to teach your body to make stomach acid again. And this is a really important Uh, distinguishing thing here because I am not a supplement person because I will never take supplements for the rest of my life. It is not, I shouldn't say never, never say never, right? I can't imagine myself being like a daily vitamin person, just not really what I align with. And so whenever somebody's like, well, the problem is you need this supplement. I'm like, I doubt it. Like, I doubt that's the problem. I doubt my body is just like, you need to go find this pill and take this pill for the rest of your life. Like, I have a hard time believing that. But the reason why this one was attractive is because it wasn't something to take for the rest of my life. It was to reteach my body what it used to do because it it stopped doing it. And so it was a, it was a temporary thing to establish balance back in my body. And it worked. I did it. And then all of a sudden, it was like no digestive problems. But the energy, the reason why that solution came about, in my belief, is because I wasn't aggressively trying to fix it. I wasn't like, shut up symptoms. You have to go away. I hate you. You're driving me crazy. I was like very peacefully and compassionately open to whatever my body needed. And if my body needed to, you know, eat less dairy or no dairy, I was okay with making that decision for the rest of my life. I wasn't doing it to suppress symptoms. And that's the difference. So I hope that was clear. 
Um, I know that it's like a really subtle shift in the way that we feel and the way that we speak to ourselves, but it makes a monumental difference. And also in terms of heaviness and lightness, you're going to feel so much lighter when you realize that you don't have to fix everything. Like it is not like that's literally not why the symptom is there. It is not asking you to fix it. It's like asking you the opposite. It's like, please don't, uh, don't fix me. Like, don't even put attention on me. Just acknowledge that I'm talking to you. It's kind of like when you're talking, I, I feel like this is a, man, a male thing. Like when you're venting to a man, a man or male, and then they try to fix it and you're like, no, 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 no. That's not the point. <laughs> like, I, I just wanted you to listen to me. I don't want you to fix anything. Like, I don't actually want to go do any of that. Um, that's cool for you. I just wanted to talk and I wanted you to listen and like, don't fix anything. Like, that's essentially the energy it's coming from. Like, I'm just going to talk and you're just going to listen and whatever happens, happens. But like, don't become obsessive about it. Like, that's obnoxious. I don't want that attention. I don't want that energy. Get out of here with that. That just makes it worse, right? So it's really that kind of energy. It's the feminine energy, right? Which I talk about all the time. The feminine energy is not the fixer. The masculine energy is the fixer. So another point to think about is whenever you're in that fixing mode, you're in the masculine energy. And if you happen to be imbalanced, masculine, feminine, then that's going to throw you more out of balance. The feminine is allowing and receiving. And that's when you go, that's when you listen and connect. And then you just are more in a place of allowing things to happen and being open to allowing those things to happen. It's the place of trust and faith. And it's taking action only from places that are truly aligned with what you want and not taking action to elicit a response or create a pro create progress or obsess over progress. Um, and that's really the place that this all needs to happen. Um, so I hope that was helpful and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who want to get help and support with your chronic symptoms of food and weight struggles, I am here for you. I have a curriculum that I have been teaching for years that walk people right through the process to go through all four phases to release this symptom, whether it's that these symptoms get eliminated completely or that you at least eliminate the need to fix them all and are happily, peacefully living in your body and enjoying food, becoming that guilt-free eater, I'm here for you. You can either send me an email at michelle at theominstitute.com or feel free to send me a message over on my Facebook page or my Instagram at The Ohm Institute. I love talking to you, so please feel free to reach out there and I'd be happy to tell you more.